1: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
2: The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome back to another episode of the Career Contessa podcast, the show that delivers helpful, actionable career tips and advice so that you can be more fulfilled, healthy, and successful at work. I'm your host, Lauren McGoodwin, and the toxic workplace behavior that we're discussing today is manipulation. Dealing with office manipulators is tricky. That's why we invited Liz Kisslick to the show. With almost 30 years of consulting, Liz has encountered countless examples of manipulation, bullying, and inappropriate use of power. Throughout her work, Liz has discovered proven ways to respond that are consistently effective for confronting most manipulators, even if you have less rank, power, or status at work. At a minimum, they'll help you assert yourself and regain a sense of control rather than suffering in silence while you figure out your long-term plan. So let's get to learning with Liz. And now, this is the Career Contessa podcast. Today, we're joined by Liz Kislik, a
1: management consultant and executive coach and a frequent contributor to Harvard Business Review and Forbes. Her TEDx talk, Why There's So Much Conflict at Work and What You Can Do to Fix It, has received more than a quarter of a million views. So clearly you're on to something. Oh, and she's worked with lots of people dealing with toxic behavior at work. So Liz, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you, Lauren. That's such a cheery introduction. Yeah, what
1: an intro, right? You (laughs) know people who are unhappy at work and
0: you probably work with them. (laughs) Some of them, you know, when people feel really desperate they often don't even want to work with anybody yeah. they're they're past that point you've got to kind of catch it when there's still some hope yeah
1: i found that when i was working at a job i hated the problem is you kind of hate the job and you find someone else who also hates the job now you guys are like unstoppable with how unhappy you are
0: <laughs> that's exactly right when i was a young manager i thought of those people as the bad attitude kids. And but we were. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, one of the ways so I had a couple who reported to me and one of the ways I got them out of it strangely was I told them that's how they seemed to me and then we had a kind of code for when they were feeling too negative but then that gave them the opportunity to put it on the table and we were able to discuss it etc. So It doesn't have to be desperate. I I just want to say that there is always something you can do.
1: Yes. Well, and that's good to know. And I I agree with you about um, sometimes, maybe not labeling, but calling out someone's bad attitude and bringing it to their awareness. You're like, I don't want to be the bad attitude person, even if I have a bad attitude at times. That's the funny thing about people with bad attitudes. If you tell them they have a bad attitude, they immediately don't want to be that. (laughs)
0: So There's a mix, actually.
1: Yeah, probably. Um, okay. Well, I mean, we should have been talking about bad ideas, but bad attitudes. But we're actually talking whatever about you want manipulation, yeah. which is I guess close. And unfortunately, there's a lot of that toxic behavior in the workplace as well. So I think it would be good to sort of get an understanding of what is manipulation at work, and maybe how is it different from probably a term people are very familiar with, which is gaslighting.
0: So I want to say that. Manipulation does not necessarily come out of a bad attitude. In fact, you can get terrible manipulation by somebody with a good attitude who is trying to accomplish something that they don't know how to do directly. Mm -hmm. And the fact that somebody has a bad attitude doesn't mean that they are trying to force other people to do what they want many people with a bad attitude really are like committing professional suicide or ruining themselves. You can have somebody who's actually, this will sound weird, very dedicated to their work, but has strong beliefs about how things should be. And they feel that other people should agree with them and do what they want. And if those other people don't naturally do it, they may then try to manipulate them. You asked about gaslighting. So gaslighting is so commonly used now that people mean lots of different things by it. So let me explain how I think of it, uh, which is as a form of manipulation. It is a particularly toxic form because its intent is to make the other person actually feel bad about themselves that they lose confidence that they think they don't know what they're doing that they self-question constantly and kind of live under a dark cloud that's gaslighting just saying things that people don't like or people disagree with or even mean things that's not gaslighting that may be a direct attack it may also be terrible but The whole point of gaslighting is that it's to make you think something you wouldn't otherwise think and to think something that is not true on purpose because it weakens you. And that's, what's so terrible about it.
1: That's really bad. And it's
0: I mean, I think it's
1: in a lot of relationships, but I think relationships at work, we had someone on here, Amina Altai, who talked about how, our shadow selves show up more at work because work has more rules about what you can and co- cannot be so you naturally aren't bringing your authentic self so anyway um, yes i think there's a lot of gaslighting happening at work and i guess the next question i have is how do you know if a person is manipulative like is it it's not like they they walk around the office wearing a sign that says i'm
0: <laughs> i'm here to manipulate
1: <laughs> so how right. do you
0: know <laughs> well actually the sign would be the best thing because then the likelihood of their being successful would drop precipitously. Yeah, The whole thing about manipulation is it's not fully on the surface. I mean, you can manipulate for good if you are dealing with a four-year-old and you have to get her to put her socks on. You're not going to hit her with a two-by-four, but you may manipulate her. You know, you convince her why it's in her best interest. So, manipulation takes on a negative cast because like anything that can be used for bad, we think about it from the bad side. Right. But in general, at work, and to some extent in other relationships, but sticking to work, manipulation is a set of behaviors that is meant to get other people to do something they wouldn't naturally do on their own. And it's under the surface. It's both parts because you could otherwise command them, request mm-hmm. them, beg them. You know, there are a lot of other verbs that could sure. work where both parties understand what's happening. Mm-hmm. And the whole thing about manipulation is that you're doing something circuitous, you're going around the other person, almost like you think they won't notice. So your question was how do you know if you're being manipulated? How do you know who's a manipulator? And there is no magic test. You have to watch over time. Uh-huh. Because it probably happens a few times before you catch on to it. Unless somebody's really obvious and clunky.
1: Right, right. Well, also, so I asked actually our Instagram community if if they worked with a manipulator or if they feel like they're going to be manipulated at work, we got a lot feedback. And I would say the big theme that we saw was that they work with manipulators and what they do was this type, this is the type of person who often gossips or they'll rephrase things in a way that makes them look good and the employee look bad. Is this common with what you've seen as well? Sort of this gossip behavior or I think what a lot of people were referring to with their boss is like Their boss will use my or my boss will use my words in a way that makes them look good and makes me look like the bad guy. Is that manipulation at work or is that just
0: toxic behavior? It certainly can be manipulation. Definitely yucky behavior. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I, I call this stuff yucky because I like to think that people behave these bad ways because they don't actually know a better way, it worked for them in some low-stakes situation or some high-stakes situation once when they really needed it and then they fall into this bad pattern. And that if you could only show them that being direct and being kind may not get you what you want every time, but the improvement in collaboration is so significant that it's worth using the bright side techniques. Let's call them that. Yeah. So yes, gossip can be a form, but that's an even more indirect form because the manipulation comes from manipulating other people and the story gets around to you and then you are motivated to act in a certain way. Right. Other kinds of manipulation, and it may be actually... I have to think about this, but it could be that what your Instagram audience is talking about is what they see happening, and they're not even noticing the more subtle forms yet, which is like somebody praising you excessively because they actually want you to carry some of their load Mm -hmm. or offering things that they then don't deliver. I'm not talking about compensation. I'm talking about access to a particular meeting or, you know, something that would be helpful to you. You'd be intrigued by it. And they dangle it. Yeah, we
1: did get a couple of that where it was like, they dang- this person's always dangling uh, career advancement opportunities, but then that I never get advanced. I never get the promotion. Yeah, we yes. did get some of that. There were some others that said um, their boss plays the victim card, which sounds kind of like what you're saying, where it's like, oh, poor pitiful me. And then I want you to do more work or I don't want you to complain about doing a lot of work because look at how bad stuff is for me. Yes. Um, and I think during COVID, especially during this time frame, there could have been, a, maybe not directly, but uh, like a competition on who has it worse potentially in the workplace too. There, there can be more of that. Or we, I, I think there was more of that that came also through in the comments. And now I think that directly relates to what you're saying.
0: Yep, yeah, I I think those are real things. There are also ways of undercutting, this gets closer to the gaslighting Mm -hmm. idea, uh, manipulating somebody by making them, I got to get my players straight. The manipulator wants, let's call them the, the actual victim or target, to know that the target cannot succeed without the manipulator hmm so you have to take care of me or you have to do it the way I want it because I'm going to clear the path for you or make sure you're okay if we don't do it together it won't happen at all that's yeah. a real form of manipulation as opposed to a leader who is lifting her staff up yeah and saying uh, go in there common. you can do it that yeah. is very common you know most bosses are as vulnerable and as fragile and as, you know, freaked out as we are. They just hide it through all these other forms of behavior. So, of course, they want to go in tandem, (laughs) some of them. Instead of saying, oh, go take my place and represent our team because I know you'll do a stellar job. Right. Then they might be putting themselves at risk. And it's not everybody who's courageous enough to do that or who recognizes that if you do well, we all do well. And that looks even better for me as your boss, that I have such phenomenal people. Right. If you love a good midday nap, you're not alone.
2: In fact, the likes of Albert Einstein, Thomas Edison, and Stephen King have been known to be nappers. So why do we feel guilty when we allow ourselves to take a snooze? Napjitsu is a new way to recharge your body and your brain, and they're committed to changing the culture around rest and napping. If you're one of those people who's always tired and finding yourself reaching for an extra coffee to get you through your workday, you most likely need a better way to energize. Napjitsu offers time-release caffeine to keep your energy steady throughout the day. Napjitsu's natural supplements were made by people who know how it feels to be tired and busy. Their patent-pending formulas have natural ingredients like B vitamins and ginseng to give you a boost of energy without the crash later. Their products provide brain-boosting nootropics to enhance the sleep you do get, and they mimic the cognitive effects of rest when you simply can't slow down. The result, peak performance right when you need it. I tried two of NAPJITSU's supplements, the nap and now supplements. With the nap supplement, you just chew the tablet, swallow both the capsules with water and take a nap or rest for 30 minutes or longer. While you nap, their dynamic formula supercharges your brain so that when the caffeine hits in 30 minutes, you awaken with next level sharpness. With the now supplement, there's no sleeping involved. It unlocks sustained energy and focus ASAP with 150 milligrams of caffeine and 315 milligrams of natural nootropics to keep you energized for six plus hours. Napjitsu supplements are packaged into small packets so you can take them wherever and whenever you might need an energy boost. Whether you need to experience deeper sleep or unlock immediate lasting energy, each Napjitsu product is designed to help you achieve your optimal performance. Remember, the smart rests more. The wise rest better. Rest up and level up with Napjitsu. For a limited time, receive 30% off your first purchase when you go to napjitsu.com slash females. Go to napjitsu.com slash females for 30% off your first purchase today. That's N-A-P-J-I-T-S-U.com slash females, F-E-M-A-I-L-S.
1: Okay, so let's get into your tips on how to deal with manipulative people at work because we're, we're sort of getting into them a little bit, but I think you, you can probably drill down even more specifically. So your first tip is to trust your body's reactions. And my question is, uh, when you say body's reactions, what are, what are we looking for? What should we
0: take notice of? Good, so when you start to think something is not right here, The reason you have those thoughts is because your body has already reacted. We're animals first. And in the workplace, we very commonly silence or try to ignore our physical responses. But we all have physical responses that occur when the body recognizes we're under threat. Let me give you some examples. Some people, their stomach starts churning. Other people, feel a tightness in their chest or their throat clamps down, almost like they can't produce a sound or their jaw tightens like they can't talk, can't let it out, or your neck crunches up and your ears are in your shoulders. You clench your fists, all of these kinds of things. And you know what your own are. When you notice that you are getting those reactions around a particular person or in a particular dynamic, know that something is going on and your body is trying to tell you and trust that it's real. And that's kind of the signal now I have to pay attention and explore it. What Mm -hmm. is going on here that would make me feel that way?
1: Interesting. I'm just writing this down because I find that so interesting that your body will have a physical reaction first. I actually say this a lot with like stress and mental health, like people, (laughs) this isn't necessarily brand new, but it is new in terms of uh, a reaction to people. And I think anyone listening to this can probably think about a time when I know for me, I like my memory directly went to a time where I'm like, I can remember that. I can remember having a reaction like that. And to your point being like, don't show it, don't show it, don't show it. I think this especially happens like, your face will say something. You're like, don't show it. Don't show it. Don't show right. it. Um, so that's, that's interesting. Right. So that's yeah. step, That's tip number one is, is pay attention to your body's reactions. So tip number two is watch out for special attention. You talked about this a little bit, but let's, let's go into it again. The person who is maybe complimenting you to the point where you're like, this can't be genuine,
0: <laughs> right? <laughs> that's right. Or somebody who pays you special attention that you know they don't give to everybody else. I am not, suggesting that you should mistrust everybody. But if you know that someone is really a curmudgeon and short-tempered, and all of a sudden they're like offering you coffee and want to sit and chat, it's worth just being curious about what's going on here. Why are they so interested in me? Maybe it's something fabulous. That's great. You'll figure that out. But if you're getting special privileges, if you are getting included in rooms where you're usually not or Zooms where you're usually not, keep track of that. Why is that? If they are saying things like, oh, this work is so good, we need to showcase it. Keep track of that. Is your name going along with the work? Those are kinds of things to watch out for. When someone is too nice, you have to wonder if some, something's going on. We all had this experience. I don't know if everybody, but you know that situation in which a parent is always mad at one kid and not at the other, and you can tell. <laughs> yeah, it's, odd, it's oddly like that. If somebody's up and somebody's down, and that's always happening in the environment, Well, you don't want to rely on when the boss is up that your career path is now assured because you know, if you're paying attention, you're going to be down another day.
1: Yeah. And I I guess two follow-up questions to that is, what about the boss who plays favorites? Like I I was in an office once where I was absolutely a favorite. I mean, I had a nickname. I got whatever I wanted. But also, I couldn't say no because I knew I was a favorite. And so... I mean, what about the boss who plays favorites where you're like, well, but they're always this nice to me and they're always treating me like this. And I know that it probably has undertones, <laughs> negative undertones, but it's kind of like the relationship.
0: You have to gauge it. Mm-hmm. You know, it is true exactly to your point that you can get locked in and feel like you must deliver or you can't continue. Mm-hmm. And that may be true, but that could be just as true with a boss who's totally fair and even handed and just thinks your work is fantastic. And if that boss leaves, you're suddenly high and dry. Right. So I'm not saying don't take advantage of the favoritism in terms of the relationship with the boss, where you really have to be careful though is if a boss is playing favorites toward you, make sure that they are not separating you from your colleagues. Mm, What you don't want is to be cut off from the team. You always want to be part of the team, not to be shunned by the team. Otherwise, when you need stuff, who are you going to get it from? You know, you Uh can't do everything on your own. You need good colleagues. And a boss who divides to conquer is a very dangerous boss. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, Okay. So tip number three is be willing to risk small public confrontations. And for all the people out there, probably including myself, who are like, I hate confrontation.
0: We don't like this tip. Right. So I word the tip that way because it gets your attention. And now I'm going to tell you the least threatening way to do it. Perfect. Okay. (laughs) We're here for that. (laughs) The big thing is just to put sunlight on the situation. So you don't have to say, That's not the way you were talking on Tuesday. I know you were saying the exact opposite on Tuesday, so I'm going to expose you. No, no, no. That is not a small confrontation. That's like, you know, bringing a pitchfork and a torch. Mm -hmm. Um, But you could ask a question. You could ask a curious question. You could say, well, let me verify what it is that you actually want because when we've had other conversations about this, I thought you said, this other thing. So have you changed your mind? If you ask a curious question, they ha- the, the manipulator has the chance to choose how to respond. And they may say, oh, you're exactly right, and get rid of the whole yucky thing they were about to do because they don't want it exposed. Or they may say, yes, I did change my mind, and here's why, which may be a non-manipulation, or it may be part of the manipulation, but the fact remains you are forcing them to address the situation. So questions about, could you explain that again? Or I just want to make sure I got that. And you verify what they said. That can um, create the kind of openness of environment that a manipulator actually doesn't want without taking them on directly. Mm -hmm. and what
1: is it that they don't want the manipulator doesn't want how does it
0: so the manipulator doesn't want it clear for example that on tuesday they said to you oh they don't want to get like have the gotcha moment yeah they don't want to be exposed they don't want their plans and behind the scenes pulling of strings exposed because then the manipulation is not effective anymore gotcha so
1: it's so like, you're just staying like basically a step ahead of them. It's like, I know what they don't want. So I can come at this with curiosity and a tone of curiosity and kind of move on with, with them without, without the manipulation stink. I don't yes. know, like smelling up the room basically.
0: Yes, that's exactly right. What you don't want is a fight because if they have power and authority, they're going to win Yeah, and you won't be better off. What you want is like the equivalent in baseball, where the pitcher throws the pitch in a way that lets the batter know, if you don't back up a little, the next one co- is coming towards your head. So <laughs> I'm not directly threatening you. I'm encouraging you to size up the situation and say, it may not be safe for me to continue on this path. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. It's a (laughs) good metaphor.
1: Okay, so tip number four is refuse to keep secrets or to act as the interpreter. Um, So let's talk about that one a little bit.
0: Good. So I'm going to start with the interpretation thing because it's actually close to, and in some ways, the reverse of what I just said. Often, manipulation and some forms of harassment happen without being explicit. The power of the manipulator comes from knowing that you actually know what they want without their having to say so. So that, um, what is this sometimes called? Plausible deniability. So that they never said, I only want you to put four copies in the package, even though we promised six. They said, oh, we don't have enough. You may have to hold some back for us. And you knew that meant don't give them the other two. I I don't You know, I'm making that. Right, right. No, totally. I follow. Mm -hmm. So then also, you don't want to say, you don't want to interpret for them and say, I know they're saying only put four. You could get curious again and a little naive, even if you feel you need to and say, so how many copies are you saying I should put in the package? Or so if you're saying I need to hold 12 for us, are you okay with the fact that only four are going to them? Even though didn't we promise them six? It's like literally say the words Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then let them choose what they're going to tell you. Are they going to give you direction that you can then say you received? Or are they going to say, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, let's do this instead. Yeah, because they don't want to
1: have to say it out loud.
0: They don't want to have to say it. So that's the don't interpret for them. The other thing about secrets is really, and this goes with the favoritism piece. I'm telling you things other people don't know. I'm telling you that because we're working on this together. And it's going to be good for us. And we're going to leave those other people out in the cold. They don't say that part. (laughs) Um, (laughs) they don't usually say that. But say part of what your role is, is to actually corral your colleagues and get certain data from them. Well, you can't get that data if you're not sharing information. So you have to say to the manipulator, I understand that you want to keep this quiet, or am I sensing that you want to keep this quiet in that naive questioning way? But the issue is, I actually have to talk to these three people to get the information we need. So I will be telling them. You okay with that? Yeah. And a lot of this comes down to tone. Yeah.
1: I'm also thinking like an example of this at work is, you know, when they're like, oh, don't CC so-and-so on that email. And you know that when you send the email without that person CC'd on it, it gives them the opportunity to come back and say... I, I told you guys to all. I had a uh, like a department chair once who basically said, just CC me on all the emails. And I had a boss that was like, oh, we don't have to add her until this point. And it was like, but she told me to add her all the time, you know. And so and this is a perfect time where you would say to them, perfect. maybe even over email. So you have the paper yes. trail of it to show, yes, you told me not to. I know yes. I'm, I'm a big fan of the paper trail also because, yes, whether it's on, You know, whatever your IM Slack channel thing that you guys use or Microsoft Teams, because even when you get a person to verbally confirm something, if it's just you and that other person, they can deny it later. It would be gutsier of them to deny it later, but they could a lot easier than the
0: paper trail. Yes. So your idea, Lauren, about emailing a question is very good. The other thing you can do is you can be hyper responsible. Mm-hmm. Don't start your hyper-responsibility on something where you have to expose them, okay? Yeah. Start with something else, but start a practice of whatever they ask you to do. You send them an email that is the equivalent of just making sure this was what you wanted. The recap. Mm-hmm. Here's what I'm doing by this date with this person, blah, blah, blah. And if you do that in the normal course, which just shows, shows that you're so organized and on top of your stuff, then when they say the weird thing about don't CC the chair, you can say, okay, so I'm conveying these four points and it will be to these people and not the chair. I just want to make sure you know that the chair has explicitly asked me to CC on everything. Right. How sh- Here's the magic question. How should I handle this? Yeah. Make, make the dilemma, <laughs> the manipulators, not yours. Give it back to the manipulator. Mm-hmm. Okay, I love you've that. Told me, you've told me not to tell. I understand. How should I handle this situation?
1: Oh, that's good. So for people who are dealing with super, super manipulators at work, paper trail. Write it down. Have it over email. Um, if, if you are relating a lot to this and you're like, I have a person I work with as like this go this route. Okay, your last tip is know when to cut ties. So, let's talk about that. And do you mean like quitting your job? What is the cut ties part?
0: So, the real thing it means is get out from under this manipulator. If you like the organization, look for other executives that may have a role that you want to switch over to. Or go see HR and depending on how you feel about your HR business partner or whoever is handling this stuff. Either say, I'm not feeling great over here. I'd really like to be over there. Or say, I'm considering a shift in my career trajectory. You don't have to say, I got to get out from under this manipulator if you're afraid that will go directly back. You can instead say, I'm thinking that I might want to tackle other work are there opportunities here? So that's another one. But I will say that just like any kind of harassment, going on record to other people, which is like a variant of the, the emailing and putting it in writing, the contemporaneous verbal record with someone else so that there, if there is an investigation, that person can say, yes, Lauren came to me and said, this thing had happened and I didn't know what to do about that, but I felt bad for her. Well, that's useful too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you can't get out, sometimes you just have to leave. Now you may not want to leave until you have another job lined up. That's smart. I'm not saying you walk out the door immediately, but if your body and your mind are both telling you, this is a bad behavior pattern. It's not going to end well update your LinkedIn. You know, I mean, it's time to do that. That's always smart. But I also want to say, if you don't mind, Lauren, that there are these people, they are not the majority, they are not the majority, and no one likes them. Their peers don't like them either, because they try to manipulate their peers too. So, there are traces in the environment around these people. There's somebody who knows the story, unless they have just come to your organization and you're the first person they're in contact with. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't want people thinking this is how everybody is and I have to be hypervigilant because then you never rest and you're operating out of threat all the time. That's, that's crazy. Don't go there. Yeah. But, you know, not everybody is good. And on the occasion when it happens, it's good to be prepared. Yeah
1: and I I think especially working in a remote space where you don't get the body language you don't get the water cooler relationship building sometimes right away you know it's it can be a very professional relationship and I know I know we always talk about how like work and life are such a gray zone you know it all kind of blends together but it's also okay to kind of be like at work, I have a professional relationship with people and, and I work with them this way and I'm here to get my work done and then check out and go have my life. And I don't necessarily need to sit here and, you know, do the thing where a person tries to get super close to me by knowing my whole life story. But I don't know, there's, there's so many levels to this between the gas yeah. line and the manipulation. And then you throw in just like interpersonal relationships with people at work. And I think you're making a really good point that these are the minority of people who are in the workplace. Most people are probably pretty great to work with, or, you know, you can work with them Interpersonal relationships and dynamics are always going to exist. But I think that these tips you're giving allow people to sort of know when it's one way and when it's the other way. And that's the most important thing. And I think listening to your gut and your body and, and recognizing that, and then being curious with all of that, even going a step further is important because Anything we've learned over the last year, like, hey, I don't want to work in a place I hate with someone who makes me miserable. It's just not worth it. And and right now it's not a bad time to be looking for a job. So, you know, you you can leverage that right now
0: is a good time. That's absolutely right. If you are working mostly remote, it's a great opportunity to document because mm-hmm. you're not with each other. So of course you want to write stuff down and check it. So first of all, in some ways that's easier. The other thing is, what's the level of the manipulation? If it's small stuff to make sure that, you know, the presentation actually looks good and you work late an extra evening once a month, that's not such a big deal. Mm -hmm. If you're actually picking up somebody else's work for them and they're making promises and you're afraid they're not going to deliver and it's happening four times a week, That's not so good. So proportionality is important too. those people who come and say, oh, do me a favor. You can deal with that. You know, that's just regular interpersonal garbage. And you don't have to love everybody you work with.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Well, Liz, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing these tips. Where can people go to learn more about you and your work?
0: The best place is my website and that's www.lizkislik.com. I'm sure you'll have it in the show notes. And um, there, in fact, there is a link to a free ebook on the interpersonal aspects of conflict that may be helpful to people. And then they'll get my newsletter and there's just so much material there. And they can also, of course, find me on LinkedIn and Twitter.
1: Amazing. Well, thank you, Liz, so much. You You've helped us all a lot.
0: Happy to be with you.
2: Thank you for listening to this episode of the Career Contessa podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, please consider leaving us a review and rating the show. Your reviews mean so much to us. If you want to learn more about Liz and her work, check out the links in our show notes. And don't forget that our online career course, Interpersonal Communication 101, will teach you how to deal with toxic personalities and navigate the workplace so that it works for you. When you enroll, you get lifetime access to the video tutorial an interactive workbook and more. You can check out that course in our show notes.